0: Well, summer is over and so is the offseason. season the 2021 NPL Queen's season gets back underway. And so does the Brisbane Football Review NPL Sunday Show. It's Scott and Adam, you once again, this year. Adam, mate, how are you?
1: I'm good. It's uh, good to be back on our own show on a Sunday night, recapping the, uh, all the local action. And, and it's uh, great to be back, you know, watching local football again.
0: So that was first take as well, right, Adam? Just for the
1: edification of the host uh, of the week, week mid-week show? Uh, yes, yeah. midweek, midweek host will be uh, very, very pleased. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So this is a show for those who haven't heard it before where we go through the weekend in the NPL Queensland and when the NPL women's and the FQPL and FQPL2 kick off. We'll go through those as well. But for this week, it's just the NPL men. So we might just jump in, Adam, and we'll talk about what's your big picture takeaway from week one of the season.
1: Oh, look, I think it's more, more sort of the same. I think the sides that we sort of tipped the, to be strong have shown their hand very early and some that weren't so that we, you know, that maybe tipped a struggle I think already are showing signs that it may be a long season for them.
0: Absolutely. The more things change, the more I do seem to say the same mm. given a couple of results over the weekend. It was a good weekend of football, wasn't it? Some very good stuff played in the opening weekend, which sometimes you don't always see given or it tends to be a bit of rutsiness, but there was didn't seem to be too much I that on show over the weekend either.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, a, lot, a lot of sides, obviously, um, with shortened pre seasons because of um, because of the sort of late finish to the twenty twenty season, you would have thought that there may be a bit of you know rustiness and whatnot. But some sides they look like they're actually probably even better than ever, um, you know, coming into this season. So I think it's going to make for a very interesting first couple of weeks to see where which sides you know have done the hard yards through pre season, some that have started late and are trying to work their way into it.
0: So it feels like that 2020 season finished about two weeks ago, but it has been about three months, believe it or not. So, we'll go through the results for round one of the MPL men's competitions. It started Friday night up at AJ Kelly Park, Peninsula Power 5, Logan Lightning 1. Three games on the set, sa- or oh, two games on the set, I beg your pardon, Lions FC defending champions. They used to start their season with a win 3 2 over Gold Coast Knights. Magpies Crusaders come down to Brisbane with a 1 0 win over the Strikers. And games played today. Moreton Bay United 2 1 over Redlands. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, six. Kapalabar, three. Olympic FC, one. Gold Coast United, nil. And the Brisbane Roar Academy, three. Ethan's, was one. Now, Adam, we'll go right back to Friday night, the first game played of the season, the Football Foundation Cup. And it was Peninsula Powers to win for the second time in three seasons. And they picked up a pretty comfortable result in the end. Five-one winners over Logan Lightning. Sam Cronin, Jake McLean, Andy Pengelly, Luke Pummer and Joel Hitchcock on on the score sheet for Peninsula. And it was... The game was basically over by half time, wasn't it? It was a supremely good first up performance from the from the defending premiers.
1: I think for those of us who sort of said that, you know, potential power are going to be, you know, they're going to defend their premiership will be right in. I think, you know, I think they're almost vindicated that, you know, this was, you know, a blitzkrieg of performance, especially that first 45 minutes. Um, it just shows that, that you know, the new recruits, you know, especially the um, the Strikers 3 and Brendan White, uh, Michael McGowan and Jake McLean have all settled into that, that squad. Um, and yeah it was just they just played um played logan lightning off off the park in the first uh, half and it see, it, was the, it was the high press that they they were employing which really just you know just caused mayhem and you know, just some really uncustomary mistakes by a logan lightning defense last season that were pretty solid in most parts so i think it sort of showed them what the the step up in class from fqpl up to MPL, especially the facing face the Premiers, is all about
0: so we'll talk about Peninsula in a moment, actually. We might as well talk about Logan since you're talking about it now. It was it was a bit of a wake-up call for them, wasn't it, in terms of there's a difference in standard between the FQPL and the MPL, And they seemed to th- seemed to see that in the first half. But the second half, they were a lot more solid, more resolute. They got the main back on the on the score sheet themselves with James Coots towards the end of the game. So they were a bit better in the second half. But it was a bit of a learning curve for Rick, Rick Coghlan's side.
1: Yeah, no, so that that's... Uh... I guess the back half of the first half was just really a lesson in that, you know, how quickly the game can you know be over at, at this level, you know, and um, yeah, and like I said, it's it wasn't it wasn't a bad performance uh, from from Logan. I just think they're just um yeah they're just stunned by you know how ruthless uh, potential power were in that um first half.
0: Absolutely. We've seen plenty of sides go to AJ Kelly Park and suffer a similar fate, and they most mm. certainly will not be the last of them, particularly if Peninsula Power are going to pull the thought performances, which we saw on Friday night, which started off with Sam Cronin, first goal of the season. And out the second year in a row, he scored the first goal of the season. Last year's was unfortunately chalked off, given it was against the Magpies who withdrew from the competition, so it didn't officially count. But Sam Cronin did score the first goal for two years in a row, and it was, it won't, after that, was just completely one way traffic, wasn't it? And the combinations in the front third from Peninsula Power were really, really impressive.
1: Yeah, Jake, Jake McLean's show almost running that midfield. Um, yeah, like I said, it, it, the the second goal just teed up for Andy Pengelly. I'm sure we've seen that you know, many, many times, especially in 2019 when strikers went all the way through to um, the FFA Cup semi-finals. Um, and... And yeah, like, it's, a, and it was a case, and then even uh, Luke Plummer going on the score sheet with just a powerful header from, from a corner, and it was just, yeah, it was a joy to watch as far as, you know, seeing a side that that slick this early in the season.
0: So that Jake, Jake McLean, Andy Pingley combination certainly was a very formidable one for the strikers a couple of years ago, and it looks like on early evidence it's going to be the same for Peninsula Power, but it also, they have lost a couple of players, we've talked about in our season preview, but on that showing, it looked like it was just plug in a couple of new players there and it's normal service regime because it was it was quite quite stark given we I think we both kind of thought they would be right up there once again this year but it was very very telling that they're ready to go right from day one.
1: It is and uh, and also as well what what seems to be another sort of you know welcome thing for um, Peninsula power this year is that you know the, a number of their their younger players you know are getting a run as well uh, uh Sarama Sur, Sirama Love Love Samira sorry um I don't remember that name I uh, just know it was Malachi but uh, um, and uh, yeah and Connor Booth who you know was a starter for um, Kapalba last year came off the bench you now and was pretty much detonated to play pretty much under 23s even um, Josiah um, Hitchcock as well who who came on and scored very very late in the game so their young players came out and they, they looked impressive so it obviously winning seems to be an infectious thing at Peninsula Power at the moment and they they look like a squad that may be built around, while the names may not be familiar, um, as the season goes on, I, I think that, you know, they could certainly, you know, fight in multiple competitions on multiple fronts.
0: Absolutely, it's great to see some young kids get an opportunity at AJ Kelly Park for Peninsula Power this year, and something I'm sure we're going to see across the competition. Now, after the game, we caught up with the assistant coach of Peninsula Power, Ben Ryan, so let's hear what they had to say after the, the successful start to their premiership defence. I my assistant coach Ben Wright. Thanks for to us once again. Yeah, no worries. That's an unbelievable first forty-five minutes near your side. Four goals up in the first half and really put the game away.
2: Yeah, um, I think we 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 said before the game it's all all about starting well against a team who's newly promoted. Obviously, they're going to play with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. So I think the key was to probably match it at least, and um, I think we pressed really well and. They probably coughed up two goals uh, as a result of the press, so we're, we're really happy with that first half.
0: I was going to ask you about that press because it was really evident in the first half. It's something you were really working on in pre-season, obviously trying to press from the front and really defend from the front instead of just at the back as well.
2: Yeah, it's it probably something that for the last four years has uh, been a, a major part of why we've done so well. Um, Philip is huge on, on the press. Like If, if you're not pressing these absolutely raging with you, so um, it's just drummed into them. We, we work on it a lot, uh, at, at least one session a week as, as geared awards the press, so um, yeah, when it comes off like that, um, it uh, pays dividends, you know.
0: So in the combinations is all in the front, obviously, Jack McLean and Andy Pinkley played together before, that combination is really showing, isn't it? The fact that the understanding those two have got.
2: Yeah, and like we, we've we seen it very quickly in, in pre-season, then you've got Cronin, uh, and woolly in, in kind of wide areas, but even the lads in, in midfield and the full-backs bombing on, uh, I thought there was some excellent football play at night, so I'm really happy with it.
0: You mentioned Sam Cronin, great to see him back on the field. We know he's an absolute quality player. How do you go about keeping him on the field more often than not? Because unfortunately, it seems like he has a bit of a injury concern, which has ruled him out last year as well. Well, I think um, I think Sam's,
2: he's probably, I don't want to make him out to beat like a, a rebel or anything i think he's he's changed his his lifestyle since the last major one in terms of like diet how he looks after his body and, and stuff like that um and it's again like it, it looks like it's it's worked so far so um we just have to manage him like he hasn't got through 90 minutes in any of the pre-season games we're slowly building them up to where we need him to be but as you say if you get a good 60 minutes out of Sam Cronin you you know you've got a chance of scoring a couple of goals on the back of it
0: Absolutely. last question Obviously, winning is really important here at Peninsular Power how important is it to start the season with three points and also the foundation cut for the second time in three years
2: yeah I, I forgot all about that that cup thing um, until the end when we couldn't get off the park but the the lads set themselves uh, I suppose expectations goal setting kind of they had a meeting last week and they, they you know they of course, they said they want to win every trophy they can. So, so that's one. Um, but the main thing for me is three points out. You know, it's uh, it's nice to win trophies, but it's the ones at the end of the season that are more important.
0: Absolutely great to start that title. Congratulations. Cool. Thank you, Tom. So I was very happy, Ben Ryan there after the game on Friday night. Now, Adam, we're going to move on to the, to the game which you focused on heavily on Saturday. You left the Brisbane Roar game right on full-time in order to get home to be able to watch the, um, the um, blockbuster clash in the NPL between Lions SC and Gold Coast Knights. So, I might get you to talk us through what happened in this game. It ended up being three-two to the to Lions SC, the defending champions, and a late goal from Tommy Gerard to see all the points. Not for the first time, late in a game for Lions at the line at the Gold Line.
1: Yeah, late drama there. And look, it was a um for a game that was sort of you know touted as a hype between the two um grand final wins of two past previous years, oh, it was actually a good showing by both teams. And I, and I guess when I say a good showing, it may be as a performance, I think that neither Darren Syme or Adam Porridge would be completely happy with as far as, as, you know, the performance goes. I so, said so there still was, you know, a, a few around passing, you know, a few things that they could probably have done better. But from an entertainment value, um, yeah, look, it was a, it was a very, very um, good game. And uh, obviously the... Opening the scoring was Joe Duckworth after fifteen minutes. Um, then they then there was a equaliser. don't um, have to take my notes. <laughs>
0: and I'll tell you, the yep. equaliser was from Mark Madley. There's a Coast, yeah.
1: Yeah, um which went one all half time. Uh Finn Beekhurst uh had a tap in on fifty-four minutes and then Max Brown at eighty-one minutes equalized. We thought that was done with scoring two all to and then Tommy Gerrard um popped up with a header in the fifth minute of stoppage time, thanks to a very, very well timed um almost a bicycle kick uh squaring up by John Carl Osno, you know, in a in a scramble in the box to, to win it for um for lions, but uh, look, yeah, it's it was one of those games that again it was it, it was entertaining, but I, I think you know, as far as you know trying to get a guide on where both teams are at the moment, I think we might we might have to see a few weeks um, in a few weeks' time where the sort of performance is live because obviously both teams should you know cancel themselves out. Well, I think the standout for Lions was uh young Max Mikolas. So he, he's made the transition um very nicely from from FQPL up to, you know, playing for one of the top clubs in MPL. Um he was unlucky not to get on the score sheet and in fact that you know a few at the ground sort of said that he did score the goal uh in the fifty fourth minute, the one that been Beekhurst claimed. Um, but yeah, look, he, but that was, wasn't it for him. He had some, you know, very, very, you know, nice shots on goal, some good touches that coins combination with Joe Duckworth, you know, seems to be a ready building. And yeah, look, Lions, um, they're probably not at the moment at the level they were last season, but I, I certainly don't think the drop-off is that, um, is that. Big, nor is you know Gold Coast Knights, they're, yeah. they're obviously a solid side, they're gonna need time as well to sort of work on a few things. So, overall, you know, a good performance of both sides, but one that you know, I think neither coach would be, you know, thoroughly know, really impressed with.
0: Yeah, one of those where you'll take the result if you're lion's, you'll be disappointed if you're at Gold Coast. And the other thing is, these two teams are obviously teams that people do look at as the standard bearers to a certain degree in the NPL, but they are relatively new teams this year, given they have lost a fair few players between them. So a fair bit of rebuilding going on at, at the creation sports center and at the gold line.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's going to take time for those, those combinations. Um, those said the, some big names been lost from both sides and, Look to and without without being disrespectful to uh, those players that replace replaced, they're not they're probably not at the same level that that they'd lost. So it's going to take time to replace them. But I'm confident both sides, you know, will be amongst you know the the top contenders. You know, at the business end of the season.
0: Absolutely, we'll move on now from another side hoping to push further up the table this year. The Magpies Crusaders have made the trip down from Mackay over the weekend to start the season. And it was a 1-0 win for them. Latham Dunn midway through the second half, Adam. And this is what Magpies need, is They need to start getting results down here in Brisbane. And that's a really good start.
1: Look, that, that could be a crucial three points as far as, you know, I hate to you know, bring up the word relegation. It's too but... soon for that. Yeah, oh, absolutely! But um, it's March. Can we talk about that in, in, in yeah. July? But if if, if there is to be believed that they may struggle and that they, that the whole that they're going to be sort of one of those teams in that relegation fight, um, these three points could be valuable because because these like their their record down here in southeast Queensland is not great, and you know picking up points down here, especially. Other sides that we may think that maybe around amongst them, this may be a six-pointer, but we don't know it just yet. You know, it's it's round one of of 26, but you know, we we may be looking back you know, in August saying, "Wow, this result may be what's what sees them, you know, stay in the top flight or get relegated."
0: Absolutely, very well. Could be on, moving on to a couple of games on Sunday, which we we watched remotely. Morton Bay United, a good a good win for there for that matter. We've talked about extensively about how their recruitment looks solid for the season and it it was just a game they had to win and they just got over the line.
1: They did. Um, It's a bit of trivia for that. We'll let know by uh, Morton Bay's uh, social media platforms tonight is that Morton Bay are now nine for nine uh, on opening weekend. So that's a amazing, amazing achievement for them. But yeah, look, um, yeah, they they needed a Will Edmundston, uh winner in the 88th minute after after Carlton Westdale looked like he may have sold a share of the points with a great strike with four minutes to go. But uh, yeah, Redlands again a a moment where they um, saw a lapse and it cost them all three points. It, well, it did cost it them one anyway.
0: It did cost them a couple of points, but it was a good yeah. good start of the year for Redlands United as well away from home against a tricky opposition. They're near they're near a not so dear neighbours. Capalaba went up to Ballinger Park this afternoon as well, and they lost the first set to Sunshine Coast Wanderers 6-3, so we'll let you know what happens in the subsequent sets later on, but it was a, a a bit of a goal fest up there, a couple of goals for Christian Janceski returning to the coast after a couple of years at Peninsula, and Kato Aichi with a brace as well.
1: Yeah, uh, this this game was a wild and woolly affair, especially late on, um, it sort of, yeah, I think both defences I were both coaches you know, would be pretty disappointed about the number of goals let in. There was some really soft ones, especially on Capalabar's uh, side, uh, side of things. And um, yeah, they're, all sides at the moment, they, they cannot afford to be sh- shipping six goals, a game, especially against, uh, like, especially in opposition like Sunshine Coast, who you know, they can score goals. But um, yeah, some of the goals that were conceded were, yeah, it was schoolboy stuff.
0: Talk so about potential six points, that might be a big one up there for Sunshine Coast mm-hmm. and they're an ultimate need to make home field count this year.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um like I said the same same implies with um with uh, Sunshine Coast like uh, Magpie's Crusaders. They they need to make Ballinger Park a fortress. Uh, in the previous show we did speak to Coach Paul Anderson, and he, he echoed those sentiments that you know, Ballinger Park needs to be a fortress then if they're going to uh, survive.
0: Absolutely. Well one side you cannot rely on a fortress in twenty twenty one is the Brisbane Royal Academy, given though we're playing all of their games at the away ground. So for them, it's a good 3-1 start against Eastern Suburbs today. A couple of goals from Alex Parsons and Keegan Yellich, some players who we've seen progress from the NPL Queensland into the A-League briefly this year. So that's fantastic that 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 pathway is there. And it seems to be benefiting the Raw quite well because it was a really good win for them at Heath Park, three goals to one over Easts
1: yeah uh it, it looked it looked a very very um comfortable win for the raw they did have a they did have Hassan Ramazani sent off uh, just before half time uh so that, that might cause a bit of a reshuffle for Chris Grossman's um defense next week but uh but yeah overall like Alex Parsons uh two two very, very or you know, a very very good header you know, late in the game he scored a penalty Keegan Ylrich uh, latching on to the first goal, um, and yeah, and, and uh, the goal that uh, East scored through. Yeah, Jaden Ballerizo. Sorry, yeah, uh, was scored after they hit, they hit the uh, post, and he basically had just a nice serve. I not call it tap in. It was a bit more forceful than a tap in, but uh, certainly got Johnny on the spot to get three. At the time, make it two one. They, but uh, by all accounts, uh, Raw look pretty comfortable, and you'd expect that they've got. Um, I said they had a number of players that have, have been training and a part of the A League squad. Um, and and yeah, and you'd expect them to be one of the uh, chances this season.
0: Absolutely, they certainly had a fair few players who've been a part of the A League squad in the teams today. We we'll, might we'll talk about that briefly. What your thoughts on that, Adam? They had that Ma- Macklin, Freak, Keegan, Yellowchick, Alex Parsons since Jackson, Courtney, Perkins, all of whom have... Pl- Jordan, Courtney, Perkins, I beg your pardon. Jackson's in Victoria, unfortunately. Jordan, Courtney, Perkins, they've all played in the A-League so far this season. Danny Kim is also part of that squad in the A-League, was available today, So along with Isaac Powell. So that's that's six players there who are fringe-ish fringe to f- fringe-ish kind of A-League players. I and mean, what are your thoughts on those players actually playing in this competition? Because in the past, it's something the Raw haven't really been able to do, but it might really benefit those players of so getting that training with the first team but then also getting the opportunity to keep playing regularly and get improvement at the MPL level. So, what are your thoughts on it? Because it's a, it's a tricky one, because I can see why the Raw would like to do it, and I can see why other MPLs need to be asking the question why are they able to do that?
1: Yeah, look, you're right. It, it it is an interesting one because like I said it depends on. So sort of, it sounds like that the, the raw, especially while the A League season is active, this is only going to happen more and more if the A League, especially, is going to go to that winter season. Um, where until there is a either an A League reserves competition, which in lieu of a, of the National Youth League, or uh, if they're allowed to play in the National Second Division or whatever the form is, it, it's a good it's a bit benefits the raw for their younger squad players who are named in the match day squad um especially if they' they've got a home um game that they, they, they get they get some minutes uh, as far as it being fair yeah look i, I... It's going to be interesting to see how well they go, as far as and overall about this raw side and where, you know, whether they're going to go around and you know and beating up you know some of the better teams. Um, I know it seemed, might seem daunting for you know East Cop three tonight. Um, I think there might be some other teams that may cop more, yeah. you know, down the road. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I don't have—I personally don't have an issue, but I do understand that there might be a bit of concern from the from the other clubs. But yep. again, some of these other clubs were whinging, you know, years ago about how raw were uncompetitive in MPL. So you can't have your cake and eat it and say, "Oh, raw are are their youngsters," and and you know, like I said, and basically disrespecting competition. But then then complain say, "Oh, they're playing their best available players that aren't on professional contracts," and then complain that it's unfair either. So pick and choose what what you, know, what you want. But uh, look, I think the raw are well within their rights to do it. And uh, look, the other clubs are just going to have to deal with it as far as I'm concerned. I, I think I think it adds a very, very interesting dimension to the, to this league.
0: No, I agree with you. I think it's something that the raw many times in the past, we've spoken to players and coaches and people behind the scenes at clubs. And they've, they have lamented the fact that the raw haven't been competitive. They have been fielding younger players and have been able to be pushed aside by some of these other, more experienced players. So now that they've got a really strong side. I don't see why it's a problem. There's for the record there's two players there on A League contacts, Danny Kim and Macklin Frake. The rest of them are all scholarship players anyway, so to me that makes them just yeah. players who float between the two sides. So it's not really as big a deal as you would think. And there's going to be a time where they're going to be playing away from home in the A League and are not able to play in the NPL, So it's not going to be a regular issue but it might happen from time to time. Now we'll move on to the final game of the weekend. Another game which we were at, Adam at Goodwin Park this evening. Olympic F C one Gold Coast United nil and this was a really tough, tight, tense match which really could have gone either way.
1: Yeah, look, this is a this is a pretty good match on balance. Like I said sun, Sunday night at, um, at Goodwin Park. It just it seems to have a, a very, very good vibe to it. You now we 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 enjoy you know covering the, these games. Um, and I think there was almost an expectation that Gold Coast United of of the of the best of the rest are the team that could potentially. You know, challenge top four, and it sort of was felt like that as well. That they, they, I thought, I thought they were actually pretty un- unlucky. You know, not to at least get a point out of this, uh, because they they seemed, on balance, to be the um, about the better team as far as the run and play goes, but. The run of play is not going to win you games. At the end of the day, it was Olaide um, uh, Nika Kahenda who I thought had an excellent game when he came on. Um, and uh, he scored the winner with, with nine minutes to go. And, yeah, look, at the end of the day, Olympic earned the three points. But I, I think that Gold Coast uh, United, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think they might be a little bit disappointed they couldn't actually get you know, hold on for the draw. It
0: was a very physical game, wasn't it? The way that, but Gold Coast are obviously a very physical side with some of the players they've got in there. They're not not a dirty team necessarily. Some people might think so. Well, I think that it's a physical physical team yeah. who use their strengths to their advantage. But Olympic really struggled with that, didn't they? It took them a long time to to get a grip of it. And it it actually Gold Coast had the majority of the better chances. So for Olympic, it, the game kind of did change on the hour mark when they brought Yinka Kahinde on, who scored the winner, as you mentioned, along with Jez Lofthouse. But what do you make of the? Beaten grand finals from last year because it wasn't the flowing football that we saw from the end of last season, but they've had a lot of change there. So perhaps it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get fully up to speed.
1: Yeah, look, and, and with with uh, Jess Lofthouse, uh, the, the word is that he he is carrying an injury at the moment, hence why he came off the bench, uh, which which may already sort of that that sort of impact on the flow. Um, him he at full, at full sort of you know, fitness, you know, may have you know, actually sort of you know, Change the game somewhat, as far as you know, his attacking. Because when he did come on, he did he did sort of start to trouble the uh, the fullbacks for for Gold Coast United. But uh, overall, yeah, it, it, it was always going to be hard to replace the likes of Tusker Sakir, Corey Sewell, and Aidan uh Like the three, you know, top quality players at this level, and it's it's going to take time to. To sort of um, replace them, so but I think yeah, Olympic may be a bit down on what we saw at the end of last season, but that's more because of the personnel that uh, is missing and 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 uh, sort of taking time to replace. Look, Shannon Brady started. I thought he had glimpses of time, but he was fairly ineffective as far as you know the finished product. Um, yeah, and and I said uh, Alex Barlow also he he had a decent game, but he he only played sixty minutes before. Uh, before Cuminow came on, uh, James Cuminow, and uh, and yeah, it's it's just a case of um, yeah, I think that they need to obviously work with the the sort of I guess the combinations more. But I wouldn't, yeah, I think I guess round one, Olympia traditionally traditionally slow starters so look I think they'll be very very happy with uh, three points but I think the performance wise I think we'll see better from them uh, as we, as we said United I thought I thought the game changed for them when um, captain Justin Mackay came off uh, that he was that you know, obviously he's a, he's one of those physical players that you um, that you mentioned for Gold Coast United in that holding role and, and the game seemed to change when he came off and when they brought a. Uh, Inca Kehende and uh, Loft House on. So, sort of whether one outweighs the other, or you know, oh, it's just coincidental, well, I guess you know, we'll know over time. But uh, but yeah, that seems to where the game sort of changed because Gold Coast, up to the 60 minutes, you, you saw that they were probably the ones that were more likely to pinch the win.
0: You mentioned it was very happy, Ben Khan So, let's hear what he had to say right now after the game this evening at okay, gate with a 1 0 win over Gold Coast United. So well, the coach will Ben Khan Ben, they made you work for it. That's a really good way to start the season.
3: Yeah, of course, we're really happy with the three points. Um, it was a, a, a tough game; we, we, we knew it would be. Um, I think it was same as last year. We beat them one nil here, uh, but this year we knew, you know, Gray was going to take them to a new level, and they've recruited really, really well. So, uh, for us to come away with the win was really good. Um, it was a it was a difficult game. They defended really well. They really organised. They stuck to their task for a long time and restricted us to, to not many chances. Um, but we, you know, we we um, we used our bench really well, and, and Ola and Jesse made a really good impact for us. And um, really happy for Ola to get the winning goal. It's nice with your bench because they had a massive impact
0: when they came on, both Yuki Hinde and Loftus in particular. What did you, what instructions did you give those guys? So they came on about the same time, and it looked like you were trying to just push forward a bit further at that point in terms of get trying to create more opportunities in the
3: front third. Yeah, look, we, we um, you know, we actually spoke about it before the game that, you know, that there's a good chance that come come half an hour to go, it was still going to be level, um, you know, given how we expected they'd come and play. Uh, so so we, we, as they tired and, uh, we, you know, their fullbacks both did really well going forward they're very quick, but we knew that, that um, you know, going into that last half an hour, last 20, it would be really valuable to have some, uh, some speed to come on. And uh, yeah, and, and Ola was really aggressive. He, he you know, he, he scored one, could have scored another couple and, and Jezzy Jesse, Jesse did you know also had a really good
0: Bit of a different shape at the back today with Jack Glover back playing it. And so not standing back, but right back. How do you think he went in the back four generally
3: in terms of yeah. the new full backs you brought in? Well, Jack Jack was great because he, you know, he had a massive task of dealing with Sam Smith in the air. And you know, we went and watched him last week, and Sam was was exceptional coming in at the back post. Um, so Glover Glover was a really good matchup for him, height wise and, and physicality wise. So um, you know, Sam's always a threat, but, but I was really really happy with with how uh, Glover. Reduced his impact on the game and on the ball. That was great. We know that.
0: A tricky game away next week as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Watched Mackay last night. Thought they were really organised as well. And uh, we, um, it, you saw, it's always difficult to know what to expect from them because it's difficult to get. You know, you can't go and watch them in pre-season, so. Uh, with one game to go off we, we'll have half an idea of how they'll play and we'll um, uh, but we'll you know we'll keep working on ourselves and, and go there full of confidence now with three points and a clean sheet a trip most hopefully I look forward to but not normally this early in the season might be a bit warm up there next weekend no actually uh, I actually don't mind it I think it's really good for, for the team to get away early and uh, spend that time together um, and uh, you know, it's yeah. Look, it, it might be warm, but it's it's not too crazy. You know, last first time I was up there, I think we had uh, we had hailstorms in the in the second half of the game, and we were 55 minutes in and couldn't see the other yeah. touchline. But yeah, so who knows what will happen? But we'll just prepare well this week and see how we go. Why was were in Queensland. That, that it never happened. Ben, great the win and Good luck next Thank week. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers
0: was what Ben had to say after the game tonight. Adam, you started talking about Gold Coast. I don't think we should talk about them because it was a much improved performance from what we saw at the back end of last year from a Gold Coast United side, which has a pretty good blend of experience. We know they've got the front third players like um, Sam Smith, Jarrell, Kyle, Justin Mackay, who you mentioned, uh, anchoring in the midfield quite well. well. They've got a couple of young players in there as well. And I thought the fullbacks, Lachlan Remus and Zahi Addis were really, really good tonight in terms of the fact that they were solid defensively, and also they got forward and created some opportunities and... I think there's a lot to look forward to with that goal question united side.
1: Yeah, look, especially um like we're we're unashamed big fans of Zahi Addis. Um I said we, we 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 uh got a sort of very close up you know close look at him tonight and look he's he looks he's very very it's almost like his ball work is you know, almost uh, effortless at times. Um, sort of bombing down that, that left, uh, left flank. And look, he's only going to get better over time. I think the most important thing for him is that he gets minutes. So I think Ray Piddick will give him that because, um, yeah, he seemed to, I'm not sure where he fell out of favor at the end of last season, but he had a, he had a run of games and all of a sudden sort of disappeared. I don't know if he went and played twenties or, you know, he was injured or we didn't hear much, much uh, out of him that second sort of half of the season. Um, after the lockdown, so, I think the most important thing for him, he's still young, and uh, yeah, I think uh, he, he will be one of the young, sort of, you know, players to watch out for this season.
0: Absolutely. Well, I spoke to to um, Greg Predict for the season preview and it was one of the things he spoke about, they were going to give these young players in that squad an opportunity, To what Gold Coast United do, they've got a pretty good nursery of young talent down there, It's tight, and they're going to start to really utilise that more and more, and that's something to, to see over the course, course of the season, how that goes for Gold Coast United, you know, now we'll look at a couple of Fixtures briefly in round two of the NPL men's competition. Adam I and it starts on on Saturday. Gold Coast Knights are at home to Strikers. Gold Coast United are at home to Moreton Bay. And Redlands are at home to Peninsula Power. I think the most interesting fixture there would be Gold Coast United against Moreton Bay. Two sides who are, are two of the handful of sides knocking on that door to get into the top four. And when those sides play each other this year, it's going, they're going to have to pick up those points there to be that team. Because only one of them is going to make that jump I think it's fair to say, Adam, I and mean, like when they play each other, these sort of challenger teams, they're going to have to pick up the points.
1: Yeah, this this is an early indication of you know of you know the the uh, chasing pack and you know how how they sort of you know, handle each other before you know trying to sort of you know break into that top four. So th- this will be a very very um, interesting contest. Uh, Morton Bay, Morton Bay, just getting out of jail tonight against against uh, Redlands and um, Gold Coast United, you know, as we said earlier, were probably unlucky not to pick up at least a draw against Olympics. So, you know, for a round two game, that's very, 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 very intriguing as far as you know, what could be the outcome there.
0: Absolutely. You've also got Capalabar on lines playing on Saturday along with Logan East. Magpies are at home to Olympic and the round concludes on Sunday with the sole game, the Brisbane Royal Academy hosting Sunshine Coast at Ballinger Park, which we talked about earlier. They'll all be playing all their games on the road for 2021. Adam, Next weekend, probably more interestingly, is the fact that the NPL Women's kicks off for the 2021 season. It starts off with quite a big clash. You've got the grand final rematch at Cornubia Park on Saturday afternoon between Logan Lightning and Lions SC. So I'm pretty, I'm sure Logan will be looking for a bit of revenge in that game, perhaps.
1: Yeah, the uh, the much the much dubbed uh, Shay Connors derby uh, on on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, look, it's um it's going to be interesting. You know how Logan sort of uh, respond as far as you know new season uh, a number number of changes. Uh, Lions look like that they. They um, have also had some changes, obviously. no uh, know Mariel Hecker, who, who at the moment is um, sort of you know, with, with the Brisbane Raw women's uh, side. And, and yeah, look, it's, it's going to be sort of yeah, interesting times. I think Lions might be a bit too strong. But uh, look, Logan at home, you know, motivation-wise, they'll be looking to at least try and sort of at least you know, put on a better showing than they did uh, in the grand final when they were completely overawed and just you know, run over within the space of 20 minutes.
0: See, but grand final rematches—they so can do funny things. That sort of motivation can lift aside. side. So I'm interested to see how Logan cope with that. And rounding out the weekend on Sunday, you've got Eastern Suburbs at home, to Gold Coast United. Gold Coast obviously looking to go back to back in the premiership race. And Eastern, one of these sort of funny teams, aren't they, Adam? Where they've got some, got a really good swelled squad, and they'll be looking to push for finals this year after missing out for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, look, uh, the, the, I guess there are a number of teams across the board. Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they they cope with, sort of, you know, many personnel changes, new coaches, sort of, you know, and just just the bigger league. Um, and and the East, East, it's a probably, I don't know if they'll be, you know, thrilled about you know, hosting Gold Coast United in round one, who are probably one of the two sort of favourites to take it all out. Uh, but it'll be a good test for them. Uh, the East have a very, very solid team. Um, they're they're, probably, they're not the worst by no stretch of imagination, but I think that they will also would have aspirations at least to try and push on for finals this year. And, and then I guess most importantly to be in that last uh, the last eight for the uh, MPL when they um, split after round 17.
0: Absolutely, you mentioned that. I was very interested to see how that plays out over the course of the season. That split is going to be very, very interesting. It's also week one of the FQPL1 for 2021. And Adam, I'm, I'm pretty sure most sides will be looking at the Corporate Travel Management Stadium, where where Brisbane City hosts winner and Wolves and the road to redemption for Brisbane City begins.
1: Yeah, look, that that's going to be very interesting to see what happens there, because you speak to speak to a lot of people around that league, um, around that league, and, sort of, you know, and those who are in the know, and they're, and they're expecting you know, Brisbane City to absolutely you know just demolish their way back into uh, into the MPL. You know, pretty much. You know, the records that potential power set in the inaugural FQPL season may be under threat, according to some people. You know, the number of wins, how how and how quickly they can do it, and they've got the squad to do it. But you know, expectations one thing. You know, actually doing it on the pitch um, is completely another. So the first the first steps you know come in on on. Uh, on Saturday night against against Wolves, who they, they have lost a number of players. And, uh, yeah, look, they they themselves, um, there's some heavy defeats during pre-season. And it'll be interesting to see where they, um uh, how they sort of factor in.
0: Absolutely. Well, Peninsula did win 23 out of 24 in that normal FQPL season with 100 and that, 108 goals scored. So Brisbane City are going to go close to eclipsing mm. that, it'll be a very good run. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. There's some good sides in that FQPL FQPL competition who will no doubt challenge City for that promotion spot. Now, before we go, yep. a question without notice—something we might do weekly on on here—your performer of the week.
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, look, for for me, for me, I go all the way back to Friday night. I think uh, Jake McLean for potential Power. Uh, look, I just think yo, know, he just makes that side more dangerous than what they were and um, look we, we've known for years that uh, he is probably at his best he is probably one of the best midfielders uh, in the league and has been for a while and look any player that you know, makes the Premiers even better for me and he showed it on um, on Friday night
0: I was hoping you wouldn't say that because that was going to be mine. So I'll go somewhere differently now. <laughs> I'll go for tonight's game. Ole Dinka Kahinde, when he came off the bench, yeah. he was electrifying for Olympic FC. He was able to burst in behind the defensive line on the right hand side numerous occasions. He did score a goal to a point. He could have scored two or three more. So great performance from him as well.
1: Yeah, look, I agree. That's probably the other one that sort of comes to mind that, yeah, he, when he came on, um, yeah, he just completely changed the game. He, he looks sharp for. Um, if, you know, for opening, for the opening game of the season. I know last season he came in, he sort of, he struggled to sort of, you know, fit within that Olympic sort of, um, Olympic sort of structure. And they struggled accordingly, but he came on and he absolutely um was tremendous. And the goal he scored, you know, it biggest role of the night obviously was when he scored that. And just, just, the, just the speed that he showed, you know, to burst through and fire it past um, Ryan Muskell was, you know, remember. Really, just one last thing on that uh, from that game was uh, Lockie Hunter saved right at death to, to preserve the three points as well. And, uh, that's, that's the other sort of, Yeah, you know, he he had a very solid game as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, we've um we've managed to get rid of the off season cobwebs there quite nicely, Adam, and it's gone quite well. Yeah, oh, I think we. Have, our preseason <laughs> doesn't exist, so we So we're just oh, completely winging in this. Oh, what preseason? <laughs> exactly. That's going to do it for this episode of the NPL Queensland Sunday Show for the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. Always a pleasure. I think we'll be back next week to do it all again. In the meantime, get out to the local grounds over the weekend and watch your local side in action. It's great, great fun, and we'll talk to you again next weekend.